0: The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network ever reading content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure and with that being said we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show what's up everyone thank you all for tuning in to another episode of kicking attitude i'm your host dave rosenbluth joining me as always back in the saddle again after uh, a pretty uh, tumultuous wrestlemania season is my good buddy my dear close personal longtime friend my pal the guy that helps me steer this ship and brings the unpredictability factor to the podcast, Dennis J. Levy. What's up, pal? Dave, always oh, a pleasure. That um, I don't think we ever did any um, a um, Saturday night's...
1: Um, what do you call it? That's- WCW Saturday <laughs> yeah, Night. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to be covering. We never did one. No, I don't think we, no, don't think think we have I'm either. Saying.
0: So we're going to be covering one this on this episode here, and it's and it's it's I would say it's important for me, but this one. To some people, might just be any other WCW Saturday Night episode. Oh, I don't think so. But to, to, to young Dave Rosenbluth at 10 years old, this, there was a moment on this episode that left me speechless as a fan. And basically the reason why we're going to watch this episode is for the end of this episode, which was the main event saw Cactus Jack take on Big Van Vader, and there was a spot at the end of the match where Vader power bombs Cactus Jack on the concrete floor, and he's left motionless. And at 10 years old, I was legitimately speechless. They had wrestlers come out from the dressing room. They had, you know, doctors. And and they did the stretcher job. And it was a very tense moment, which I will play the audio for as we're watching um, this towards the end of the watch along. But it was a very tense moment. And I remember at a young, you know, at 10 years old watching this particular episode live on Saturday night. WCW Saturday night at my house. And I was just left speechless because that was the first that was the first recollection where, that I can recall, or one of the first, I should say, where I didn't know what was real and what was rehearsed. Like, I couldn't tell if, like, that was supposed to happen or if something bad happened. And that was the first time at 10 years old where I was like, wait a minute. And I just, my, my wheels were turning. So it just legitimately left me speechless. And I went to everyone on social media out there, and I, and I pulled everyone, and I asked, Give me a moment in time in wrestling history that you felt legitimately speechless. You couldn't react. You were just so lost in what you were watching. that you couldn't believe it. And you guys came out and drove. We're going to talk about some of those moments that, that you guys shared. Dennis, I'm sure you have quite a few of your, few of them yourself. As we watch this episode of WCW Saturday Night from April the 24th, 1993. It's Season 2, Episode 17, On Your Peacock. Uh, It goes one hour, 19 minutes, and 59 seconds. Um, So this is going to be a short little watch along here. And we're going to talk about some of the ongoings uh, in the wrestling world in 1993 that week, as well as the speechless wrestling moments that you guys shared with us on social media as we watch this episode of WCW Saturday Night. So, are you ready, Dennis? I'm ready, Dave. All right, man. Let's do it. Uh, When I say play, press play. And from time to time, I'll give you a timestamp, and uh, you know, tell you where the audio's at, and all that good stuff. Um, so, without further ado, in three, two, one, hit play, as we see the footage from the previous week's episode of Cactus Jack Invader. Which, by the way, while doing my research um, on the Wrestling Observer from April the twenty-sixth, nineteen ninety-three. This particular match that we're watching here, this segment we're watching here, was heavily edited due to the amount of blood that Cactus Jack had lost in the match. So for those that watched it live that week, which I don't remember if I did or not, there was a lot more blood loss in the match um, with uh, Cactus Jack that was heavily edit, edited by Turner. As we see this this uh, pretty pretty lively crowd here um, in the center stage in Atlanta with two Cold Scorpio and Marcus... Alexander Bagwell. I never knew they were a tag team. You didn't know that? Yeah. Yeah, that was a... I mean, Bagwell was a singles wrestler for a little bit, but he was, um... He had uh, aligned with Scorpio, and they had a decent little team, I must say. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it was pretty decent for the most part. Yeah, kids dancing. You get the kids in the ring. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, when you go back and watch some of these, you don't realize and understand... Um, you go back and, and you're just like, you're, you're amazed by some of the things that you see and you hear. And one of them is how popular Scorpio was during this time period. When you see the crowd getting into it, there's kids in the ring dancing. Yeah. Um, he had a real um, connection with, with that audience. And was probably the, one of the, the, the major pillars in the African-American demographic. During this time, down south in the Atlanta area, WCW. But yeah, these guys were a team for 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 a little bit. Uh, I don't remember how. I think it was maybe about a year or so. It's funny when, when, I, when I think of two two,
1: scores, two uh, Scorpio. Then uh, I always think of ECW. So it's like when I see them like kids dancing around. It's a little different and, for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a, little, it's a, little, a little
0: bit. A little different for you. Yeah, and then, I mean. I look at you know that's that's a great way to look at it too. You know, I look at Bagwell. Bagwell to me, his claim to fame was being Buff Bagwell oh, absolutely. in the NWO, and that really helped jumpstart his career. Uh, many say that Bagwell probably was in the late nineties, before the 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 merger or the the acquisition of WCW by the WWF, that he was a uh, a. He had a bright future in a, in a singles role. And I, I think had he not gotten in the way of his own personal issues, and um, he probably could have been a big star. Yeah. That, uh... What exactly happened,
1: Dave, that, that, uh... He was... Uh, yeah, well, Even American Males, so I thought that was, that team was over big. Yeah, and, they were uh, popular. Uh, then that, that <laughs> the, uh course, the turn and everyone was shocked, and that uh, he joined the N.W.O.
0: Yeah, and then he became he, Buff. That I actually think if they did a
1: little bit more with the American males split off, I think both of those guys. What was it, Riggs, Scotty Riggs? Or Riggs, there? yeah. That uh, I think both of them could have been big stars. I really do. Really? Yeah, because American males. I uh, really thought that was they were popular. They, and, and, then, and, then, they, uh, they were like a, they were like the ultra white meat
0: baby face tag team. Yeah, then Riggs just went in
1: in the middle of the pack and of course during joined the flock and yeah, all Yeah, Riggs so. was in the flock with Raven yeah. and Bagwell
0: was in the NWO
1: and you know, I just don't understand, like, what exactly was like I know he got injured, of course, from the Steiner match. Like, I just don't know what happened, like why did he he why was he like red hot and all of a sudden he was like, eh, Bagwell
0: I don't know. I mean I know that they had I mean it was Basically, too little too late, but they had focused on him quite a bit when Vince Russo was in charge of the booking and they had put a spotlight on him. He wasn't wrestling for the title, but he was in a prominent singles role. He didn't have like a cast of characters surrounding him like he did before in the NWL. Yeah. Um, so, Bagwell was involved, you know, in the, the, the U.S. title picture, and I believe he had a run with the tag team titles with Shane Douglas at some point during that time period. But they had put some focus on Bagwell as being a, a, a single star. Um, and then the acquisition of WCW came from the WWF. And he had that god-awful match with, uh, with Booker T yeah. on that episode of Raw. And then there was some other stuff that transpired uh, involving him and Shane Helms during a workout. Where the two of them got into a physical altercation, and Bagwell was let go from WWF. And uh, Bagwell claims I don't know if he still does to this day, because Bagwell has gotten um, Bagwell's turned his life around. He's he's, he's gotten involved in uh, uh, with with Diamond Dallas Page with the DDP Yoga. But Bagwell had claimed over the years that um, Jim Ross sabotaged him. Who are these fucking clowns? Who are these clowns? With the, the the mohawks, and the fanny packs, the twins—they got like these like mullet blonde hair. Mo- oh, what we got uh, here? What is this? Well,
1: other than Scorpio and Bagwell, I don't know any of
0: these. All guys. right, so so the guy in the mask, and Wait, I thought Vinny, I Vinny Phineas, the guy God, God- Henry, the Godwins. Yeah. yeah, those are the Godwins, Henry and Phineas, Mark Canterbury, and um. Dennis Knight, known as uh, Tech Slashinger, and Shanghai Pierce. Here's Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura. Let's uh, let's hear what they got to say.
2: And like I said at the end of the program, I'm not so sure I'm going to be around or want to be around for the rematch,
3: but it is here, it is signed, it is going to be quite a confrontation. Well, I'll tell you, Schiavone, I've never accused Cactus Jack of being brilliant. I've never accused him of being a brain surgeon. He had a tremendous win last week against Big Bang Vader, but I personally think. He's let his ego get in the way, coming back this week so quickly to face the world champion again. I would agree. Cactus Jack, right now, is making his way
2: towards us. You can hear the fans here, and the cheers, the applause for this athlete out on Truth or Consequences in Mexico after what we saw last week. Now, this man, 27 stitches, broken nose, a concussion. Big Van Vader says... I want you one more time. You don't have to look for me. What's going through
4: in your mind about getting back in the ring with Big Van Vader? When you step in the ring with Big Van Vader, there's a lot of things that through your mind. It's been a very big week for me. A week, of high mountains and low valleys. You understand the biggest win of my career, but the worst beating of my life. So now you step in the ring again with Big Ben Vader, and lots of things are flashing through my mind. The cheers of the fans—it's something new, it's something I need to get used to. Fear, fear's nothing new in my life. Understand, my fear is okay. What I'm gonna do out here may surprise a lot of people. I'm gonna talk about something very uncactus, Jackie's. I'm talking about is my family. People may find it hard to understand, but I got a, a wife and a little baby boy who think their dad's about the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> when I stepped out of that hospital, when I stepped out of that hospital, I saw something in their eyes I'd never seen before. It was fear. It was a look saying, Daddy, Daddy, don't climb back in the ring with Big Bang Bater. because he did this to me. He did this to me. But I've got to. You see, this thing's way above me. It's way above big man Vader. It's above anything I've ever taken part in. I've got to do it. But Vader, win, lose, or draw, this is the last time. If you can take me out, if you can put Cactus this jack down, And you do it. You've got my respect. You've got my all. Now I've got something that very few people do. A win over the world champion! So tonight, big man, be rest assured. As I hold on to the things dearest to my life, I'm telling you, you hold on for the ride of your life. You want to destroy Jack, just Jack understand something and understand it very well. I've been trying to do the same thing for most of my 27 years and couldn't get the job done. Be will you.
0: Alright, Cactus Jack getting us ready for our main event definitely foreshadowing for sure yes, oh yeah, 100% let me me take a look at some notes here from the the Wrestling Observer from this past week in 1993 Um, did you know Dennis that at one point WCW tried to run a house show at Madison Square Garden? no Apparently, uh, this week, it was... Uh, it's actually that... You, you're familiar with the Paramount Theater that's in Madison Square Garden? It's like that 4,500-seat that like theater that like they hold boxing in. Sadly, I've
1: never been to Madison Square Garden. So okay. I have no idea. Okay. Oh!
0: Ricky the Dragon Steamboat making his way out um,
1: for, yeah, this,
0: for this next match. The 2-on-1 match? What's going on? Here? Uh, I think the other one's just going to be that ringside. But this well, looks okay. like this is a, a singles match here. Um... Apparently, um, there was all kinds of issues with this show that took place. Uh, Ric Flair's plane engine had trouble and he missed the show, which led to chance for Flair and refronts throughout the show. The show opened with Ron Simmons versus Chris Benoit, a match that was actually going to be really good for the first two minutes and then it was abruptly stopped. Some people don't know why. Someone in the back apparently gave the order to stop the match. Um... Yeah, and then the main event was Sting Invader which ended up in some kind of no contest which wasn't uh, a favorite choice amongst uh, the uh, the the audience in New York for a WCW show. Um, here's another one that you might find interesting. According to several of the observer sources, Kevin Von Erich held up GWF promoter Grey Pearson for $1,000 cash prior to the Kerry Von Erich Memorial show. His own brothers, okay. Memorial show. Um, Pearson had had agreed to reimburse transportation costs for any wrestlers who agreed to work the show, plus reimburse them for any bookings they might miss because of it. No other wrestlers took him up on the offer, all willing to come to work the show out of their own pocket because it benefited Kerry's daughters. Everyone except Kerry's own brother, Kevin, who had told Pearson that he had a booking that night in Birmingham and needed to be reimbursed $1,000 if he was going to miss the show to work the Memorial show instead. That's pretty How shitty. How fucked up is that? According to what the observer can tell, Kevin was actually not booked anywhere um, that night, and uh, much less with any. With, there was no, there was nothing that weekend in Birmingham. No show scheduled in Birmingham that weekend. Um, and unfortunately, Kevin holding up the promoter is is a. Is a very common thing for, for wrestlers to hold up promoters for money. Um, but it being his brother's memorial show, which everyone else worked for free, that's that a pretty a new low right there. Yeah. Um, apparently the promoter gave in and paid Kevin the money, worrying that if Kevin didn't show up, neither would Fritz, and the whole show would fall apart. Um, Dave Meltzer notes that Kevin is reportedly in Nigeria at the moment. For some reason, nobody has heard his side of the story yet. So, I mean, the stories I've heard is that a lot of guys in the business, they were trying to get guys from both companies to work this memorial show for Carrie Von Eric. I believe the main event was scheduled to be Sid and Ultimate Warrior, who, oh, wow. were, bo- who were both not contracted at the time by either company. Um, so. Did
1: that match ever happen?
0: Sid and Warrior? Yeah. I don't believe so. I don't recall. It might have, but I don't... I, I'm not... Quite sure. I know that there was issues surrounding um, their booking after Warrior had returned in '92 at WrestleMania. There was something about like Warrior didn't want to do something in a match, or Sid didn't want to Sid didn't want to do something for Warrior, and then they also wanted to build Sid up as a babyface, and Sid didn't want to be a babyface; he wanted to be a heel. And... I just
1: can't. I'm, maybe, maybe I'm just too uh, black-headed. I can't imagine Sid as a babyface. I, I don't see it.
0: Well, he has been a babyface
1: before. Really? Yeah. Like 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 when was he
0: a babyface? In a big problem? Uh in like heading into the Shawn Michaels program when he wrestled Shawn and Beat Shawn for the title, he was a babyface. It was kind of like, you know, old friends, like old allies. Uh, yeah. You're kind of right. Um WCW towards the end he was a babyface. But that was awful. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um trying to think what else uh, I mean he had gotten babyface reactions there was I and, and I was surprised at this too but years ago I actually did a review of this show on the, on on this podcast it was the 1990 great American bash and Sid was involved in a six-man match with the horseman because he was a member of the horseman yeah. and the Baltimore crowd was chanting we want Sid the whole time and he's a heel with Arn Anderson and Barry Windham as his partners against I think it was like Junkyard Dog, Paul Lorndorf, and uh, uh, Giant Gonzalez were the were the were the three guys in that match. And they were all chanting, "We want Sid." Interesting. Yeah. I'm about
1: to say it was the Philadelphia. When, when you were in Philly, when WCW went to Philly, most of the heels got, got Were baby, baby faced. Face. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, it was
0: the opposite. Yeah, Philly's like the Bizarro World, which will be the host of next year's WrestleMania, which is interesting. But um, that'll will that'll, that'll be an interesting time. Are you planning to attend that WrestleMania? No, no, no. Would you, would you be interested in, in trying to go? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. All right, we'll see if we can. will uh, get all of us together to go for for that WrestleMania. It's a four hour drive. It's not that far from us. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's something that uh, is unattainable, but we'll see.
1: It's a lineup, definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. That um,
1: this match actually is. Better than I thought it was going to be. That's for
0: sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know who these guys are. Let me. They're called look. the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew. Yeah, I and
1: mean, they threw. And the referee threw a coin in the air to see who would wrestle
0: the dragon. Okay. I just never saw that before. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't recall anything like that either. Interesting looking hairstyle there with the, the two ponytails. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, it
1: was early '90s. Was an interesting. Uh, it was.
0: <laughs> it certainly was. You had a lot Fashion, of bullets yeah. and, and, and and denim and. Um, acid wash and neon colors and things like that. Um, actually, in my notes here, it says that uh, WCW apparently has been negotiating with Sid to to return to the company, and, and apparently in June of '93 is when they had ske- they they are tentatively scheduling him to appear. He wouldn't eventually. He would actually appear in May of '93, a month just a, about a month after this show uh, at Slam Uh He would wrestle. Um, as like a surprise opponent. I forget who he had beaten at that pay-per-view. But um, some other news from The Observer. Um, plans for now seem to be building towards Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart at SummerSlam. With Hogan presumably winning his rematch against Yokozuna at King of the Ring, which obviously we didn't we didn't see, and Bret likely winning the tournament. Hart cut a promo on Raw saying that he has three names on his hit list, Lex Luger, Yokozuna, and Hulk Hogan. If that happens... Meltzer speculates heart, is, heart winning is the only thing that makes sense. Hogan winning would destroy Brett. However, um, Meltzer has heard, been hearing talk that Hogan doesn't want to do a job for Brett and is reportedly politicking to get Bruce Beefcake elevated up to main event status. What? That's apparently according to Dave Meltzer that that was the, the working plan. But if you think... A lot of people have said over the years that like there was never a plan for Hogan and Brett to work, but I'm sure that they had discussions about it. Yeah. Um especially if Brett was name dropping Hogan in his promo Steamboat with the win there we go Ricky the dragon with I the know. victory I
1: can't get to finish that uh dragon's a big star and crew guys I don't know the the, the roll up anyway it doesn't work this well way.
0: I mean <laughs> well, you know he, he, he escaped so yeah, I mean, yeah. he, he, it was essentially a two-on-one situation and he escaped and he managed to come out the victor
1: But so. yeah, that uh, I would have liked to see Hogan versus Brett. Yep. Then, uh, maybe that could have been potentially... Maybe just Hogan was like... Maybe Vince was like,
0: Hey, maybe we turn you heel a little
1: bit. And he was like,
0: no. <laughs> I don't think Vince wanted to to, to spoil that golden goose because I, I had heard stories over the years that okay, it I was don't... something that was suggested when Hogan lost to Warrior. And they didn't want to do it. So... But why don't we move on from some of these Observer notes. We'll get. I um, um... got the Ravishing Rick Rude. Let's hear. We'll, we'll see if he cuts a promo. Maybe he can. Uh... I have that shirt that that kid is wearing. In green, though. Pretty awesome yeah. shirt. Yeah. Ravishing Rick Rude. Here, let's see what he's got to say. Is he going to grab the mic? I'll play, the, I'll play the audio if he cuts a promo. But. Does he have something to say? Let's hear it. Come on, Gary Michael Capetta, what are you saying? No, I guess he's not going to talk. Anyways, so I went on social media and I asked folks about, oh, look at this, right off the rip, whoever this enhancement talent is, is working on Root didn't even get a chance to get his robe off. Um, I went and I, I asked folks to go out on social media and and uh, give me some examples of what they thought were speechless wrestling moments, moments in time where they thought they watched something and they were just they, they, they didn't know what to think. They couldn't react. They were just so lost in what they were seeing on, on, and what they were viewing that they, there was no reaction. Before I get into some of uh, some of these examples on social media, can you give me a few Dennis, of times where you were just speechless watching something you didn't know what to think? Um.
1: Yeah. You actually mentioned it. That I think it, it goes. It's funny that I think the biggest upset in WrestleMania history involved Roman Reigns. That that uh, when when he lost to Brock, I thought that was the biggest upset in WrestleMania history. That that uh, when I saw that, I was, when like, Roman I lost like, to Brock, yeah. Which one? The the. the uh, 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 I'm trying to think the the one where uh, Brock is the champion and and everyone's like oh Roman's getting the championship everyone I can even remember me and your brother we're doing, we doing we we bet on WrestleMania our picks and one of the picks what what you got was like the like the um, what do we call it like the uh, um. Like, like the sure shot, whatever, you know, you get double points for it. We're like, oh, but you can't pick Was it guy. the You're
0: year dope. that, like, Brock, like, split Roman open, like, bloodied him, like he was covered in blood? No, not, not maybe. I, no, I
1: don't know. It's, it wasn't
0: the one when Rollins cashed in, was it? No, no, no.
1: It, it, was, just, it was just a one-on-one match, and uh, Brock won, and... I I, was, I think that was
0: the, so. You're thinking of WrestleMania 34. I think in I was, New Orleans. I,
1: I thought that was the biggest upset <clears> in, in the in the history of WrestleMania. I, that I just couldn't believe it. I was I was more stunned by that 20-fold than, than, than when Brock beat the Undertaker. Really? I, it, it, no one saw that coming. If you said Brock was going to beat Roman that year, no, no, that was like <sighs> the Fight Club ending. You did not see that coming. And then when it said they did, fuck off. No, you didn't. <laughs> it's, 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 no, no. Uh, to, to me, I was that was the most stunned I, I I could ever remember being
0: when Roman beat Brock. No,
1: no, no. When Brock beat Roman.
0: Okay, because you just prefaced it that Roman beat Brock. I'm that sorry, was the I opposite. Spoke.
1: When, 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 when Brock, Brock beat Roman, Ro- Roman at, at the at the main, WrestleMania. Yes. When, at so I was thirty-four event. when
0: they wrestled. Uh, when uh, Brock I, beat I him, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. Well, I mean, I remember going into that build-up. There was this idea. They were trying to get Roman over as a baby face. And they were using Brock's part-time schedule and his dealings with UFC to try to heal him up and get the people behind Roman. And um, I think they lost that about halfway through the build-up to me personally. And in hindsight, looking back on it, you know, I wanted Roman to win. um, But I was fighting for a while... That he was going to win. Because of the Brock factor. Because the people couldn't get behind Roman as a baby face. But um, you mentioned it. Some of the examples that were brought up. Were the streak. Brock and Undertaker. WrestleMania. Speechless moment. I was there for that. So I would definitely agree. That, that was definitely a speechless moment. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I was And, and I've never been in a large group setting. Which was a stadium with over 75,000 people. Where it was completely silent. I just couldn't. Um, you got any more dentists to come to mind before I start going? On? Oh, let's hear the, the Slamboree report.
5: Eric Bishop, WCW is very fortunate indeed to have its roots deeply planted in the rich tradition of professional wrestling. Now, with that in mind, WCW is more than excited to host Slamboree and Legends Reunion. Now the event will be held at the Omni in Atlanta on Sunday, May twenty third, and that's just part of what is going to be an unforgettable weekend. Now the day before, fans can attend Slam Meat, an opportunity to huh. come and greet
0: some of the legends <laughs> <landings> in <laughs> attendance. Hold on, its Slam Feast, a once-in-a-lifetime dinner. <laughs> <laughs> slam Meat. <laughs> yeah. And the Slam Feast. <laughs> You know, if you said slam meat nowadays, most people would assume it's, you know. Yeah, porn. Yeah, it's like... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, as we, we see here, it looks like Vader and Bulldog are gonna. Ooh, it's a good match. We're gonna be highlighting that event. We'll play the audio first. And
5: Barry Windham and Arn Anderson have signed to face each other for Windham's NWA title. Now, just one week ago, after an exchange of words, the two came to blows. What a match this should be. But right now, let's go to another legend in the sport, a man who has set the standard for all wrestling announcers, Mr. Gordon Soule. Well, thank you very much, Eric. You know, it gives me a great sense of pride to be part of this tremendous event. My years in this sport are filled with vivid memories of some of the world's greatest athletes. And on Sunday, May 23rd, many of these legendary competitors will come together once again, bringing back memories and creating some new ones. So far, here on WCW Saturday Night, we have announced six men will be on hand for the Slamboree. We now have four more to add to that list. Lord James Gleers, quite possibly the most famous wrestler ever from Hawaii. They called him the King of Waikiki. The former Pacific Heavyweight Champion, after his years in the sport, then became a commentator. Also at Slamboree, the American dream Dusty Rhodes. Three times NWA World Champion won his first title from Harley Race in Tampa in 1979. Went on to become one of the most popular athletes ever. Dusty, oddly enough, began his career as a hated member of the Texas Outlaws with Dick Murdoch. The Masked Assassin, probably the greatest masked man of all times and certainly the most ruthless. And finally, Black Jack Mulligan. The rough Texan from Eagle Pass Was one of the greatest big men ever to enter in pro wrestling He held many titles and was a dominant force In the U.S. title scene in the 1970s He and Blackjack Lambs were one of the most feared teams In the AWA during that decade But as a singles competitor, Mulligan had no equal The claw was his single favorite hold But he also had a vicious right hand punch That knocked out many a man Now let's take a look
0: this big me. Alright. Kind of got to run down what's going on at this Slamboree event. Apparently Tully Blanchard had been uh, negotiating with WCW at this point, uh, based on my notes, uh, to return to the organization. Uh, he wanted a, a lengthier contract and the company was only willing to pay him on a per, pay- per appearance deal. Um, but, Dennis, let's get back to these speechless wrestling moments. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Roman losing to Brock at WrestleMania that year. What other speechless wrestling moments where you were just like "Whoa!" and you didn't know what to make of it when you were watching it? Um,
1: and a good one was, um, but my favorite all-time match is Cena Bomber versus versus Punk. Okay. that, that, that uh, and I was convinced when. Well, when 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 it was like this weird transition where where Punk was going for the, the go to sleep, then like boom he got he got reversed into the um uh, to to the SCF. I'm like he's tapping, he's tapping, and then when he got out and then he won the match. I, I, I was left speechless. I was left speechless for two reasons. I didn't th- I didn't think Punk was winning. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and, um, and, uh, we all read the Dirt Season. We all knew Vince. Vince, Vince he was Vince, on his way out. And, 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 yeah, and that, that just sad. It was just Vince didn't particularly like Punk. And he, he he understood he drew money, but like he's a pain in the ass, and he's like fuck yeah. the guy, you know. That, that, so when when he won, And just like it, like I hated seeing the bombers. did <laughs> so anyway. Just how good that match was, and just like, I was so surprised that he won. I really was, I was so speechless, just how, just how, and just how good the match was, and just like, Punk got actually won,
0: I was less speechless after okay. that match. Okay, you know, it's funny, anything regarding CM Punk did not make this list, um, I must say. Um, but speaking of Punk, there's rumors that he's going to be returning to AEW soon, and will be we'll a focal point again, what do you think about that?
1: Well, he's on a contract for a big amount of money. Yeah.
0: Then uh,
1: you have to use him. Yeah. And it, it, look at the fucking ratings ever since he left.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, he is a draw. I'm not going to sit there and deny it. He's not, bet not you a fan. He's a draw.
1: I bet you fucking, uh, you know, on, on on Peacock, the fucking main event said you can't get more fucking views than the, than the AEW <laughs> right now. Oh, dude. And the product's awful. Yeah. You know,
0: and, yeah, you're not a big fan. Or, I know.
1: Or, right now, it breaks my heart that... that, that, that 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 Bray Rice is sticking up the joint. I can't. He's not even that. there, so he can't uh, stick up but the it, joint. It, 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 even when he was, see, he was sticking up the joint. So so so, so, so my current my current re- favorite wrestler now again is Kenny Omega, and I'm trying to watch AEW, and I just can't do it. Yeah, uh, yeah there's awful. parts of it where I'm just it's awful. They need they need Punk so bad.
0: I think I think Punk will help. Um... Apparently, the rumor is that they want to do a Saturday night show similar to the old WCW Saturday night format that we're watching. Uh, go two hours on like TNT. Um, I don't know if that's a good idea. But I don't think so either. The Rampage network's pushing for it. I mean, they, they, they the the network's pushing for a lot of things for AEW. They have you know Dynamite Show. They have Rampage. Now they have the the the. The reality show, the all-access show that they have, the Rally TV show, now a two-hour show. I mean, it's just a lot. There's a lot of wrestling. It's so much to consume. It's it's hard to keep up with. I I watch Raw. I watch Dynamite. I watch SmackDown. And then, you know, that's really about it. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of everything else. I I don't have access to Impact. Um, I don't... I'm not paying $10 a month to watch the Ring of Honor show and the Honor Club service. No. Yeah, I don't watch Rampage. So... um, yeah, I mean that's I don't watch MLW. I don't have access to MLW, so um, I don't watch that. How would you even get that? What do you? So I don't you know. For service, I don't know. To be quite honest with you, I'm not familiar with their product. I I, I see stuff on online and like on yeah. social media, but I don't I don't you know. There's only so many hours in a day. Yeah, I mean right. I'm gonna NWA. I was I was loving them. Man. I was watching they, them a little bit early on when they yeah. when they when they went on YouTube, and then um, and then they vanished. Well, I, I stopped watching, and then I think that. The, they went to fight, and then Fight TV, um, their deal with Fight TV kind of ran out, and now they're back on YouTube, and then they have a couple of shows on YouTube. So okay. I mean, there's so much to watch. It's it's just yeah. it's just insane. But um, nonetheless, uh, so that's interesting. Yeah, Punk didn't make any of my um, my 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 moments here, but I'm gonna read you a list of all, all the moments that, that that our listeners had um, had contributed to, to to this question on social media, and you tell me. Stop me if there's something yep. that just stands out, okay? At the top of the list, the streak. Brock Lesnar defeating The Undertaker. We talked about that. Uh, DX, imitating the nation of domination on Monday Night Raw when they all that got That was there. pretty shocking. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't age well. No, that certainly doesn't and, age well now, no. for sure. You couldn't do that now. Um, the Vince McMahon limo explosion angle, where they where they had... Uh, I wasn't last week's left, we left so I, I,
1: and, and then... Um,
0: I, and I got to say,
1: this is awful what I'm about to say. But the one good thing that happened after the, the Benoit scandal is that they dropped that stupid fucking yeah. angle. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you there. I'm with you there.
0: Because they tried. I remember they, they, they tried to incorporate it into the storylines that, you know, they were doing an investigation on Mr. McMahon's oh, death. Awesome. And they had, like, police there interviewing yeah. guys. And then they, that Raw that was supposed to be. They were supposed to do a Raw where it was going to be like a funeral for Vince. And they had everybody buy suits. And then that was the morning they all found out that Ben Walk had murdered his family and himself. And just the whole... Um, I'm, that was the one positive that came out of that. was that They dropped the so, McLean thing.
1: In in, in in your many years of reading dirt cheats and, and whatnot, that, that uh, you ever found out what the end game of that? Like, I think...
0: I, I don't recall... I don't remember off the top of my head if I... If, I think it might have had something to do with like a family member. It was gonna be something where, like, the like maybe like Steph, maybe someone in the McMahon family, like, was responsible for it that, to to get control of the company. I don't know. I I, I think it was gonna be the, the 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 start of a a bigger angle that was. All right.
1: you know, then though, it's one day I'm back. You know, like,
0: well, yeah. Right. So then like they brought him back and <laughs> what, but, the Well, no. I will say that I will say that they they. They they turned you know chicken shit into chicken salad with the way they brought him back because they brought him back and he was like he was like I did that to see if you people cared about me you know I faked my own death to see if you people care about Vince McMahon like the way he did it he was so selfish about it I was yeah. like that's perfect that makes perfect sense I, and I wasn't speechless by it but I was just like I, don't remember that. I was just like I remember yeah. watching at home I was like you gotta be fucking kidding me you gotta be fucking kidding me I will say there's one yeah. thing that I was Speechless about as a youngster, that I didn't, I wouldn't say speechless, but I just kind of was close to speechless. Was the idea of Eric Watts and the things that, they, and the way he was getting pushed on TV in 1993. I just didn't think he was, I thought he was so bland and vanilla as I see him here, put him in an STF with, Man, uh, yeah, it's last day. with beautiful Bobby What's this? Speaking of Benoit, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Benoit involved in this match. And that's the end there. Disqualification. It appeared that him and Bobby Eaton were had formed a team, but look at this, arn Anderson, who was once a rival of Eric Watts. Coming to Eric Watts' aid, he was also the tag team partner of beautiful Bobby Eaton in The Dangerous Alliance. This is interesting. Let me play the audio for this.
3: Can't believe it! He comes and saves the man who almost- to go. Apparently the winner of the match, Eric Watts, obviously by disqualification. Arn Anderson leaping into the ring. My partner Tony Schiavone is heading down the ringside. Hopefully Tony can get some type of word from the enforcer double-A Arn Anderson. Let's go back to replay. Here you see Benoit coming into the ring to the aid of his partner. Wooten dives off the top. Eric Watts and hook the STF in. In the center of the ring at Beautiful Bobby. We then had a two-on-one situation. Who comes to the rescue? None other than Double A, Arn Anderson, the Enforcer. There you see Anderson entering the ring, nailing Benoit, nailing Beautiful Bobby. Let's go down ring side, and my partner, Tony Schiavone. Take it away, Tony. All right, Arn making his way over here, and Arn, I tell you,
2: I know, on the main event a couple of weeks ago, a lot of bad blood started to build between you and beautiful Bobby, and seemingly
4: that is not over. Tony body three months ago, if you told me any of this would be happening, I'd call you a liar. Bobby Eaton, you went your own way. A lot of things are going to be resolved between you and I. Eric White showed me one thing. He's got more guts than I thought he did, and he doesn't have to pay for the sins of his father anymore. He's his own man. But one thing I got to tell you, Bobby Eaton, you got a problem with me, we're going to solve it. Maybe I'll have to take a partner, somebody like Eric Watts, since apparently you've got one. And you're running around with slashing your Shanghai Pierce. Tomorrow night, Shanghai Pierce, you want some of me, you're going to get it in Barry window. The thing that is in my focus, the one thing that is first and foremost on my mind, my friend, is we got a date. And we're not going to hold hands or play kissy face.
3: We gotta
0: date my friend, for that time I'm coming for you. Trust me. Oh wow. I like the little nod that Arn threw at Bill Watts, because this was during the time this was right around the time when WCW yeah. and Watts had parted ways and, you know, the sins of his father. Um I thought that was uh that... <laughs> if mean,
1: you wanted the boy Eric was getting the, push, yeah. Not the last Yeah. Exactly, him, right?
0: yeah. Well of course, yeah. I mean everybody knew that. <laughs> but um but yeah, it was uh I thought that was a nice little tip of the cap there from from Double A, in that promo. I'm very unfortunate about Arn Anderson's son um, passing away recently.
1: I'll give you. Uh, I'm sorry. I I, I got to interrupt you. Okay. We're talking about times we left speechless, But Mr. Orndorf did a poly driver to somebody, and he's the one that got that, that, that the leaves Oh yes, that's right. Oh, nice. That's the old that's, that that.
0: That and, was a that was a I, WC- I didn't really make fun
1: of him, but, 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 but man, I was like, how how did that happen? That you gave someone the power driver, and, you and, got you're, hurt. and you're the one that get hurt? Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. That was life. yeah, that was that was okay, yeah. scary. When you when, when you look at that thing, right, especially you slow mo it, man, is that scary? Moment. You're looking, it's, but, but like,
0: it's interesting you brought that point up because that was th- that story up because that was a. Uh, I forgot about that. I completely forgot about that. That was a WCW show that took place yep. in Fall Brawl in two thousand. It was like a and Paul team. It was like a then. ten man or something yeah. like that. Paul Orndorff teamed with like the Filthy Animals against like the Natural Born Thrillers. They were like all like the young guys that came out of the Power Plant that, that had turned on Orndorff after Orndorff had taught him everything he knew and um, Orndorff wrestled and he tagged with them and uh, tagged against them and he went to deliver a pile driver and he nailed the pile driver. And then he got hurt in the process, and he couldn't move. So, um, yeah, or That I, I, yeah, that's that, that's a reasonable speechless be- wrestling moment. I was, I was
1: absolutely speechless. Like, how do you? Like, like we see. Uh, sadly, that that if I was in wrestling promotion, I probably wouldn't be an the Driver. We, we see I think most much. of them are. I think but, I, we, most we promotions say, do that. that. Well, maybe, maybe the Tombstone. The tombstone is safer than all shit. Yeah. But the regular Apollo Driver. I don't know. Yeah, see too many people get hurt. I know AEW is. Yeah, but,
0: I know AEW has let in the past. They let Punk use it, and they let other guys like FTR use it, like the Spike Pile Driver and things like that. Um, I don't recall seeing many on WWE use it. As a matter of fact, it's funny you mention that. I, there was a match that Punk had with John Cena um, in, in February of 2013. It was a match on Raw. It was to determine um, who was going to face The Rock at WrestleMania. Yeah, great match. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's regarded as a, a heck of a match. And Punk delivered the pile driver to Cena without permission. And he got some heat for it. I mean, he was already at that point where he was checked out with them anyway. So yeah. he was like, fuck this place. But um, he delivered it and Cena didn't get hurt. But they, were, they weren't pretty happy back behind, you know, behind the curtain. When he walked through the curtain, uh, they were not happy with him. As we see uh, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff and Ron yeah. Simmons for the TV title in this match a marquee match here on this episode of WCW Saturday Night as I'll continue the um a main event worthy match. I'm surprised. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'll continue the, um, the 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 speechless moments list here. Uh the Rockers break up on the barbershop when Shawn Michaels you know. put Marty Jannetty through the window. Yeah. I can see why people thought that they were that was speechless because that was like I think that was the first time they ever used like broken glass, like to the best of my knowledge, on a, in a, in a in that form in wrestling.
1: Marty Gennetti, that, that was that was that was gnarly juicy, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's, that's for him. That's definitely. Um, you heard that they're going to do a Marty Ginnetti, uh, uh dark side of the ring coming on. Oh, out. I think it'd be a great episode. That's it's gonna be insane. Yeah, it's gonna be insane. All his crazy stories. I mean, yeah. You're probably gonna find out he fucked a couple of farm animals like yeah, that, like you know, him. and did some coke off of, uh, a, you know, the the ass cheek of a priest. You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna find some wild shit out about him. Like, and you might find some some real heavy shit that happened to him that caused him to be this fucking crazy yeah. lunatic that he is. Um, he's another one that like. It'd be no surprise if you found out he was dead somewhere. Unfortunately, yeah, no, I, don't, yeah. I hate was, to say that, I mean, but um, yeah. someone brought this up, and I don't consider it to be a speechless moment. But I actually did like this moment. It's from this past WrestleMania, Dominic Dominic Mysterio's entrance with the prison, the prison setup with the C.O.s and the prison van coming yeah. out to the arena. I wouldn't consider it speechless. Yeah, that's just me, but um, I thought it was kind of cool. The, the, it's a you know WrestleMania type entrance for him. Um, here's one that's that that that's concurrent with today's product. When Sami Zayn turned on the Bloodline at the Royal Rumble.
1: I was a little speechless, but I, I I got goosebumps.
0: Yeah, I was at that I was at that show. My wife and I went attended that Rumble, and uh,
1: that kind of go, go go bananas. It's like they it did. Was, yeah,
0: they did. And, like, I didn't realize it until I watched it back. And, the like, when we got back to the hotel, like, I went my phone and, like, wanted to see the reactions from people. Because we walked yeah. from, the, from the dome to the hotel. And there's somebody on Twitter play, replayed the chair shot and the pop that it got on TV. Like, I, it, it was, the place went nuts. But I didn't realize how nuts they went when I watched it on TV. When I got back to the hotel, and I watched it on my phone. I was, I was, I, I wasn't speechless, but yeah, it was definitely shocking. Um, the Montreal screw job was another one that was brought up in the, in, in, on social I media. I didn't see it
1: live, so, so I know. I didn't kidding. see it
0: live either, so I can't say that myself yeah, too. Yeah,
1: I wish I saw saw it live, but like, I, you, you know, I knew, you know. Um, I'm trying to think. What was that? Nine, Ninety-seven. Nine, yeah. So 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 yeah. So that was definitely a cafeteria moment where. The kids i did see it like you never believe it like yeah like, same like, i went through the same thing yeah so i have no
0: opinion on that i had read about it and then i told my friends and i remember one of my friends being like yeah wait a minute so vince mcmahon who owns the wwf came out during the match and changed the script in the middle of the match and i was like yeah he goes wow he goes wrestling really is fake yeah <laughs> like that was his response and yeah. i was like I was like, uh, just the gravity of it. like, And he was someone that didn't really watch a lot of wrestling. Tell you what, so. though,
1: if, if they're, yeah, that's a great way to expose the business, for sure. You know? like, yeah, the, that, yeah. Yeah, But
0: for some people that watched it, yeah, I could see why they would be speechless as they're watching yeah. it. Um, here's one I don't consider speechless, but it was a pretty big moment um, in wrestling, was when John Cena got drafted to Monday Night Raw in 2005. He went from SmackDown to Raw, which I didn't really, yeah. I don't consider it speechless, but, yeah. you know, whatever. That's... Yeah. Teach his own. Here's another one. Edge, Lita's, Edge and Lita's live sex celebration in the middle of the ring. I thought it was Courtney. Uh, I was. I'm there with you too. I,
1: it's a, I, I watched uh,
0: that at a bar. I was out with a group of friends and somebody and and the, and I asked the bartender to put wrestling on. And I was out on a date with. Actually, it wasn't a date. It was a group of friends. And there was a girl that I was kind of seeing at the time, um, and it was on in the bar. And I remember watching it at the bar, I'm like, what the fuck? They got a bed in the ring? What the fuck are they that doing? Was stupid. Yeah. I didn't I didn't, you know. Um here's one that I can legitimately say. I watched it live and I was speechless. I, I, I didn't know what to think. I was just like, I can't believe that wrestling has come to this. But the Katie Vick storyline where Triple H dressed up his cane and got the into the casket and screwed the mannequin. I, I I would yeah. I was, right now I'm speechless about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah right? That, that, I was waiting for that. And if there was that on the
1: list, I was going to bring that up. Okay. But then, uh, that's deserved. That was well deserved. I, and I'm a, I am i
0: do
1: not know, yeah, I was less speechless. Are there
0: any others that come to mind in, in, that you could think of that you consider a speechless moment in wrestling? Um,
1: kind of, like, um, everyone knows I love moments wrestling. So and 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 it's just not Everyone knows too. I hate Toilet Flair, but, but, but Charlotte and, Flair and, and for and those of you not, that aren't that, following a lot. But, but when she beat when Toilet Flair beat Sasha Banks held Cell in Boston, I was left speechless. I'm like because you thought Char- Sasha should have won. It's that. It's Boston, and yeah. it's like 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 she never had a credible like title reign, and like yeah. like that pisses me off too because. I do. I love me some Sasha Banks. and but like,
0: Are you following her like run you. on the Indies now? As, in New Japan as Mercedes Monet? I know. Get that new finisher. She's
1: got to do something else. I, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it.
0: I, I give her credit for betting on herself. And, you know, she what? thinks very highly of herself. Yeah. I think she's a, a talented performer in women's wrestling. But to me, I don't think she is the tippy top.
1: But they could. That's what I mean, that's what it was, it's in our brain, because like she was like what over four there for 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 title for, for title
0: like uh, defenses.
1: I never saw anything like it. I'm like, what are they doing to this
0: poor yeah. girl? I don't know. I mean, they, they they I guess they don't see what she sees in it. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm not WWE. Here's one that another current one that you could argue is speechless. I wasn't speechless when I watched it, but. It did like throw me for a loop because I expected a different outcome. Was when Roman Reigns beat Cody at WrestleMania. Yeah,
1: I would love speechless. I thought it was, you know, to, to, I, I don't know if I, there's a 50 50, but I went pretty close to an uh, our, our test where I'm like, Roman
0: can't win this. I'm not, I was, I'm not, I, was I was back, I was not and f- 100% shot dude. I, I was back and forth on it, and, and, and I've talked about it on this podcast, and I'll share with you, you know, it, you go from, you know, Roman being so dominant, having this dominant run, he's reinvented himself. He's put himself in that, that GOAT category, in my yeah. opinion. The, the evolution of his character. He is doing amazing work. The elevation with the bloodline, Sami Zayn, everything surrounding him has been must-see TV in WWE. When the character development started during the pandemic, up until now. Okay? He's been the best... Him and the Bloodline Saga has been the best part of that programming. Hands down. No, so the point where... That was all... The, the only things I would watch in WWE was those... Was Roman yeah, stuff. Okay? For a while. Yeah. And... <clears throat> so you got that on one end. On the other end, you have this story that Cody has where he returns last year to the company. And then he gets hurt... And he, he wants to finish his story that, you know, and, and win the title that eluded his father and, and helped fulfill his legacy. And then he comes back from injury. He wins the Rumble. And then he challenges Reigns. And that moment during his entrance where he hugged his daughter and he kissed his wife and his mom. And then Luke Harper, the, the late yeah. John Huber, his son the was there. And he you. gives him the weight belt, you know, little Brody. And I remember saying it to you in the text. You know, Daryl was ho- over here watching it with me. You were, you were watching it somewhere else. At work, yeah. You were at work, and I just remember saying in the text message, I said, "Cody has to win. He has to finish the story." But going into that build up, at the same time, I thought to myself, it would be a nice little wrinkle in his story if he lost on the first try and he didn't win, yeah. because it would it would it would give him something to to, to fight against, you know. And then they did it. The only thing and in that the moment, game. I was like, whoa. I was like, they really just did that. Yeah. And I was like, man, I wanted Cody to win. But I'm not unhappy that he lost either. And now that you think about it, let's look at what type of adversity did he really face as a character. That's he, came, he came back. Yeah. He beat Seth Rollins three times in a row. Had a hell of a match with him in Hell in the Cell with a torn peck. Comes back at number 30 in the Royal Rumble. Wins the Rumble. And then challenges for the title. What kind of adversity did he really face? Yeah. No, the
1: only thing I'll, I'll say. You, know, you bring up excellent points. But you're kind of delaying the inevitable. We know Cody sooner or later is going to get the title. And when he does, you're going to be like, hey, all right. That's awesome. No bigger pop. And no like
0: celebration. Like, yeah, like, like, he
1: did it. More than than last WrestleMania,
0: you think so? Yeah. So you think them milking it and going longer, it's not going to be. It's not going good- to be. It's not going to be a WrestleMania. Really? See, yeah, I'm I'm indifferent with you about that. I think I think, I, I think as this next year goes on, with you know, he's going to be involved with Brock at the upcoming pay per view. Maybe he'll get a rematch with Roman. That's the other thing too, as we see the finish here, Ron Simmons defeating Mister Wonderful Paul under Is he the TV champ? Was this yeah, for was, the title? I think it was for the title. Was it title or not title? Short. Well, anyhow, it doesn't look like it was for the... Earth. No, no, is no, he no, giving no. him the yeah. belt? Yeah. He is. Pretty
1: sure it's for the it title.
0: It is for the title.
1: I don't know, but it wasn't that title.
0: Well, so let's, let's play I the audio. I'm so
1: confused right now. That's the rules. The rules. That's what if the, the rules. Now, oh, it looks like a, a dusty finish. That's the rules. There you see
3: the dust and rules outside the ring business isn't that Texican to come out here and interfere. He throws Mr. Wonderful back in, distracts Mr. Wonderful at this point. Simmons charges it, rolls him up. Looks like he's got the tights there on the side and gets a three-pound. Well, there's no question with the windmills,
0: this man, Ron Simmons, and why is going to the top contender to the World TV Cup. Look at got But why, why didn't they not give him the title? Maybe, I don't know what rule that there was that they broke, but um, I, I, I just to kind of put a button on the Cody Roman thing. I think with Romans, um, with Romans' uh, story arc with the bloodline, and he still got some unresolved issues with Jay and Cody, kind of off here with Brock, and you know Cody trying to climb back to the title. I I I think. I think they can keep it compelling enough where when he does win it eventually it'll be a big deal. I think so, no, I, think so he, I think he I think he has, team has team. to suffer a major loss to in order for 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 people to get behind him more. not that they aren't because like I've yeah. said, Cody Rhodes is printing John Cena money, okay he is he, you know the the t- shirts the weight belts you know. He, he, he covered he checks all the boxes as to what they want in the top guy they just they actually at the time of this recording you know they, they did a house show in New Mexico uh, yesterday and they sold they had a legitimate sellout and it was headlined by Cody Rhodes Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against Imperium think about that
1: Which a great match
0: yeah I'm sure it was yeah hell of a match but nine nine ten thousand they're selling a lot house shows. Which is not a thing. They did 9,000 in Denver a week before WrestleMania. A week before WrestleMania, they did 9,000 in Denver. They averaged 3,000 to 4,000 a house show. They're doing 9,000 in Denver, yeah. which is not a strong market for wrestling. That's not bad. I, I just... Yeah. I, I, and, and they're still behind him week after week. And I, and I doubled down that he's going to get the rematch at next WrestleMania for the title because Heyman made that comment in that promo you will not get a rematch at Backlash in yep. Puerto Rico. You will not get a rematch at Saudi Arabia. You will not get a rematch at SummerSlam. You will not get a rematch at the Royal Rumble or Madison Square Garden. We will tell you when you get a rematch. He said everything but WrestleMania. And that's just, that, that, that's to me, that's my little, that's the little Easter egg there. As we just saw Scott it. Norton make quick work of Johnny Gunn. Um, here's another speechless wrestling moment that was added to this list. Um, the War Games from 1992 which saw the Dangerous Alliance take on Sting squadron which is my favorite War Games match of all time but left speechless not for me.
1: Was that the we, we have to finish where um, Pillman gets
0: powerbombed? No, that was when Sid dropped him. Yeah, that was kind of speechless. Yeah, of that was yeah that, 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 that could take you back. Yeah. It's funny how we talk about some of these moments and then like you, you bring up all the moments that didn't even, that didn't even make this list. Um, here's another one. Edge returning at the 2020 Royal Rumble. I thought it was cool. I just. Speechless? No, but cool, yeah. I, I, I always
1: put Edge in like. People put, 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 put Edge in like, greatest of all time, right? I mean, he's great, great, great. But like a sports analogy, he's Scottie Pippen uh, level. He's not Michael Jordan. Okay, but Scottie Pippen still
0: put out. Yeah, Hall of Famer. Yeah. A great player.
1: But I'm just saying, when. If a Scotty Pippen m- makes a buzzer beater, I'm not gonna go. Eh, okay, that's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, all right, all right. That's fair. Um, here's one. Uh, the Brian Pillman gun angle when he pulled the gun out and Steve Austin. And that was house.
1: cool. I-, I tell you what, I- I'm pissing myself. That I didn't think about that. That that's a speechless moment. Yeah, I don't think. I just don't think in the in me ever watching wrestling, I never felt something so real in my life. I, I really thought that that was like a real gun, and real it, situation. Yeah, I,
0: I was bordering. Yeah, I was like, "What is going on here?" Like, I didn't know what to make of it. Um, I had my doubts about it as well. Speaking of which, coming up right now, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, the Hollywood oh Blondes. God. Look at that segue. <laughs> There we go. With the lights on the shoes and everything? Yeah. yeah talk about Look at that segue. Who
1: thought... I still think... It blows my mind. Of course, everyone had to start somewhere. Who thought that this motherfucker, the stunning Steve Austin, would be the biggest wrestling superstar, in my opinion, of all time? I,
0: I, <laughs> I Honestly, I was, a Steve, I was a stunning Steve Austin fan Me too. as a kid. I have a stunning Steve Austin action figure up in my collection. Uh, that just came out recently from Mattel with the long hair and the red robe um, I do actually have a Hollywood blonde version of stunning Steve as well, which I will be getting a Pillman one in the mail shortly i I saw one on social media and some guy sold it but anyways, I like the lights in the shoes that's pretty cool like that was back then when you know sneakers with lights was a thing yeah well which i it's just pretty creative but yeah I didn't think he would be the biggest star ever i didn't. I don't think anybody saw that, um, but this was a hell of a tag team, very underrated, and definitely uh, for for teams that had short runs. Look at it. <laughs> the lights there; that's so cool. Um, I wonder if they still got their boots, like if like if Austin still has that that I ring. I bet gear. you. Or maybe he's giving it some some of it to WWE. Who knows? That'd be kind of cool if uh, we got to see his his ring gear uh, on display. At like a fan convention or whatever, but um, I always liked this team. I was a, I was a big Pillman guy and an Austin guy, and I just thought that they complemented each other so well, and certainly deserved a longer run with 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 the titles. Yeah,
1: And when you say underrated, I totally agree with that because when you go like when we think of. R- great tag teams of, of all time. You know, we all go to Legion of lead your Doom, Demolition, you
0: know. Rock and right? Roll Express, yeah. Midnight
1: Express, yeah, Heart I mean, Foundation, British go, Bulldogs.
0: We, you, you, never, you never hear anyone go, Howard <laughs> No. You don't. But I mean, I think that they, if they had a longer, more sustainable run as a team, I think they could have reached that point. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, in 93, they would go on to feud with the Horsemen when Flair and Anderson would, would, would reunite. Um, and had a, a great, a great two out of three falls match at a Clash of Champions. It was awesome. Awesome match. I hated the finish. But it was an awesome match uh, for the World Tag Team Dollars. Actually, it was Flair's first match back. Because um, earlier in this year, Flair had worked for the WWF. And he, was le- or he had left the company. And uh, part of the clause in his contract was he can go to WCW, but he can't wrestle for six months. So, he was a character on TV, but he didn't wrestle. So, they were building towards um, the Blondes versus Flair and Anderson uh, at the, uh, the June Clash of Champions event. Yeah. So, um, maybe we'll watch that sometime. I don't know. We'll see. But, um I'm trying to think here. What do we got here? Uh, let's find out some more, uh, some more moments. Speechless wrestling moments. The... Sting's WWE debut in 2014 when he helped Dolph Ziggler and John Cena. I didn't Cena.
1: see it coming at all. What was it like? He was in a box, right? No, like,
0: no, no, you no. Know. He, he came out to... The, the, the main event of that year's Survivor Series was Team Cena versus The Authority. And Team Cena consisted of John Cena, Big Show, um, Dolph Ziggler, Ryback, and Eric Rowan. And they faced the authority which had Seth Rollins, Mark Henry, Kane, Luke Harper, and Rusev. And if the authority won, that everybody except for John Cena would be fired. And then, after, and then if Cena's team won, the authority would have to, would no longer be in power and control of WWE, the day to day WWE operations. And Sting came out at the end. To confront Triple H, who got involved in the finish with Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins, who were the last two guys in the match. And Sting helped Dolph win the match, and Team Cena was was still alive and the authority was no longer in power. And that set up the match with Triple H and Sting at the WrestleMania, you know, a few months later. As we see the Hollywood blondes getting the victory. Let's play the audio for this.
4: The scene. We're splashed all over the tabloids! It's got to be one of the most exciting times for our town. Come on Tony, don't you know who the biggest stars in Hollywood are right now? It's the
3: Bloods! And you don't have to wait on a midnight clear to look up and see all the stars, Tony. You can see them right here. Oh they yeah, have that's, that's nice. Right there are the stars. You know Tony, is it that you're the butt
2: of every joke? <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk. Let's talk about the top challengers,
4: of the World Tag Team Championship, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Shane Douglas, the former tag team champion. challengers. Those two bucks can't even coordinate their travel schedule. The family man's out here. His adopted stepsons nowhere to be found. You expect them to have a chance against the team of the '90s? You make me sick. Tag Team Wrestling.
2: You know something, blonde is typical of you guys to make fun of Shane Douglas? That's right. You make fun because he had mechanical problems on a flight and couldn't be here. But let me tell you something you call yourself the team of the 90s. Well, I've been involved with tag teams from the 70s, from the 80s, and from the 90s. That's right. I've had partners like Dusty Rhodes, Paul Jones, Jay Youngblood. Dustin Rhodes, and now he's changing That's right, I've been a world tag team champion on eight different occasions. Count them. So if you're talking about brushing with greatness, you're brushing with it right now. And as far as tag team combination goes, I've probably forgotten more tag team than you two guys will ever know combined. was you used
1: to to? Hey,
0: Steamboat all by himself out there, yeah. a
1: good combination of Steamboat being serious and then the blondes being silly. I really yeah.
0: enjoyed that. Yeah, Steamboat <laughs> being the, the the consummate you know baby face and the blondes being the the smart ass um, the smart ass heels. Yeah, the the the, the 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 generational uh, matchup. You know, the the blondes being the young upstarts in the '90s and. Um, Steamboat. Oh, there he is. There's Shane Douglas with that ginormous briefcase. What the heck? Yeah, all right. Or his of travel. Nothing in it. No, his clothes. It just oh, all popped you're right. out. You're <laughs> right. I'm sorry.
1: You're right.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's let, as we're watching this here, let's rattle. Off. I'm going to just give you, I'm going to rattle all these off, and I'm just going to, you could say, speechless or not. Whether you want to elaborate, go ahead. If not, we'll move on. Um, do you remember the, the, the Tim White? Suicide segments where he tried to kill himself. I I
1: I just thought that was pretty funny.
0: So speechless or not? No. No. Okay. Um, MJF shooting on Tony Khan on an episode of Dynamite. No. No.
1: He 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 doesn't have a filter,
0: so okay. Whatever. AJ Styles Royal Rumble debut.
1: Speechless. That was cool. Okay. I didn't see
0: that coming. Brock's return in 2012. The night after John Cena lost to The Rock at WrestleMania.
1: I mean, you know, man, not that big
0: of a rock. Okay. Um, Dean Ambrose turning on Seth Rollins after Roman Reigns announces that he's got cancer. That
1: was cool. That was cool. They that
0: fucked was, it up afterwards, but that yeah, turn was that turn was pretty cool. Uh, both both Shield turns were pretty cool. Yeah. I just see Seth uh, turning. I was I was kind
1: of left speechless because I thought. The shield had a lot of meat still up the that Same. Dog. I it's was amazing. I was
0: disappointed in that one.
1: but I was I was speechless. I was yeah. Like, I, I didn't see that coming.
0: Here we go. Um, a few more here. Adam Cole and Alistair Black, Philadelphia Street Fright from NXT Takeover Philadelphia. I, I, don't, I remember remember. don't remember. You remember? Okay. Um, the New Age Outlaws throwing cactus and chainsaw on the dumpster and dumping them over the, 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 the stage. We watched that episode I a couple months back. Uh,
1: yeah, that's speechless uh worthy, I
0: thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Sandman crucified in the ECW arena.
1: Yeah. That was a good one. That's, that's cool. That's actually my favorite. That's my favorite speechless. Mo- I thought for sure that uh, the one the, that I said were, no, that, that's, that's a good one. Whoever did that, Rob. Yeah. That,
0: that, 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 that tops it right oh there. Oh, my God. Was
1: it Kurt Angle or something? Like in the audience or something?
0: Kurt Angle, there? I guess, was there. He had participated. I, and they, he was going to sign with them. And then once he saw that, he told them, <laughs> me too. Take that off. I don't I, want any part no. of that. See you later. Um, here's a couple of good ones Hogan slamming Andre, WrestleMania 3. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as a kid, I was four years yeah. old watching that. I've talked about it before. I didn't know what to make of it. It was. It was Quite the... I still
1: get goosebumps when they do montages of the slam.
0: It's yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Um, Hogan turning heel, Bash at the Beach '96. That was pretty cool. That, yeah, you know
1: what my favorite part of that one, That the, the, the whole thing at the way, way, and right when they about to go off air. This is what I love speechless the most. When Tony Jannetty goes, Hogan. You can go
0: to hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, yeah. straight to hell. And then they cut. Yeah, they cut yeah, the black. Oh, yeah. yeah. i was
1: speechless. Wow, it's so perfect. Everything was so perfect. that I thought heel turn.
0: Here's one. <laughs> um, I didn't watch it live. This is the last one. I didn't watch it live, but um, I actually saw a replay of it. The, the Tuesday night replay of it. When Undertaker threw mankind off the hell in the cell. Yeah,
1: that's a good one.
0: That. that Oh that's a couple of ones,
1: bravo, uh the audience so kicking it at it too. Yeah. Those are some really good ones. Yeah.
0: I was I, I didn't know what to make of that one. That yeah. I heard about it and I begged my parents to let me get the replay. And I was it was the summertime, so I was working, so I gave them money to pay for it. And it was, you know, I think it was like twenty-five bucks or something like that at the time in ninety-eight. Ooh, look at that. That has to hurt. Oh,
1: I always thought that that um when you when you when your belly goes on the
0: uh, yeah. the railing yeah. yeah that's definitely a and Harley race here he's taking a beating for for someone who's just a manager <laughs> cactus with the elbow the infamous elbow off the apron out to the floor bang bang cactus yeah, a check race some serious bumps yeah yeah Har- yeah Har- Harley wasn't afraid to mix it up I'll say that there's some great Harley race stories out there that you. you I didn't realize how revered and respected he was until years later, but just the 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 the, the crazy things that he would do. Um, have you ever heard the story about when he pulled the gun out on Hulk Hogan? No. Oh, this is a great one. So Harley Race was one of the last NWA territories that was still standing that Vince didn't you know wipe out completely, right? So they were running a show. WWF was running Kansas City the same night that Racist Territory was doing something in town, across town at a different venue. And Race wasn't working the show. The main event was Flair and Brody for the NWA title. And he tells Flair that he's got to go across town. And Flair sees him put his nine millimeter in his in the back of his waist, of his, of his pants. And he says, Where are you going? And Race says, I'm going to take care of business. And Flair, and part of me telling this story is for yeah. Harley Race impressions because I think Harley Race's impressions are you know, funny. Anyways, I think i do a good one too. But nonetheless, so he goes across town and apparently Harley Race is looking for Hogan at the arena and he's not there. So he lights the ring canvas on fire when they're setting up the ring. He poured gasoline and lit the ring canvas on fire, lit a match and lit, lit the ring on fire and told the boys that I'm looking for Hogan. So Hogan gets wind of this later. Comes to the arena, they all tell him like he lit the ring on fire. He's looking for you, and Hogan realizes, "Oh shit, this guy's gonna fucking kill me." <laughs> so Hogan and and I've heard this story on Ric Flair's podcast when Flair and Hogan have both told their perspectives of this story. So what I forgot to mention was when Flair asked Race where he was going, he knew where Race was going, and then Flair said to Harley Race, who was the who was the promoter at the time, he had said. What do you want me to do about the finish? And he tells Flair, "You tell Brody you're going over." And Flair was like, "Whoa!" Because I guess Brody was re- Brody was a very shrewd businessman. He was yeah. very protective of his of his spot in the business. If Brody if Brody wasn't going over, there was a, some type of schmaltz finish that helped protect his character. Okay, whether it was a DQ or a dusty finish to set up a rematch, whatever. But anyways. Harley Race is like, if Brody's got a problem with it, you tell him to fucking come to me. Like he was, Race was all about it. So anyways, long story short, Race gets, Hogan finds out that Race is looking for him. So there was some hotel that had a restaurant, a bar that was attached to this arena. Yeah. So Hogan was sitting at the bar for two hours drinking, he drank like two bottles of wine. And he was so afraid of Race that he got himself all worked up that he had to go to the bathroom. And he went to the bathroom. He went in the stall to go take a shit. To drop a number two, whatever. And all of a sudden, the bathroom door opens. And it's the fucking British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. And he goes, Hogan, Harley Race is here. He wants to fucking kill you. <laughs> and Hogan gets out of the stall. And pulls his pants up, gets out of the stall. And Harley Race has got a gun pointed to him and says... I came here to blow off your fucking kneecaps, but I'd rather work with you and draw money. And he walks out of the bathroom and Hogan goes back into the stall because he almost shit his pants. And not long after that, Harley Race made a deal and he joined the World Wrestling Federation about two or three months later. Wow. (laughs) that's Yeah. And then there's another great one too that involves Vader as we're watching this here. Race you remember the match of Vader and Flair at Starcade when Flair put his career on the line and and Vader was the champion yeah and Flair they did the vignettes when they had Mean Gene in the limo with Flair from his house to the arena and they were talking about Flair's career and all this stuff right so Flair told this in his book that Harley Race knew that fucking Vader used to like to take advantage of guys in the ring he would get a little stiff with them and give them some fire off some live rounds. So, race is in the corner on the ground outside the ring watching Vader pepper up Flair. And he's peppering him up. And he's telling Leon to... He's like, Leon, knock it off. Like, we get the point. Knock it off. And so, I guess Vader liked to do that because he wanted to see how tough the other guy was in the ring. See if, like, Flair would fight back. So, if you're watching... The if you if you watch that match, Flair Flair's in the corner getting hammered and Harley Race is, is yelling at Flair. But on on commentary, Tony Shimani says, you know, that dirty Harley Race, he's trash talking Flairs, he's getting beat up by Vader, whatever, right? Well according to Flair in his book, Harley Race told him, he goes, If you don't start fighting back with Leon, when we get to the dressing room, I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> <coughs> and not even a couple of minutes later, Flair makes the comeback and he starts peppering Vader up. And Vader got the message like, all right, I can't mess with this guy. So that's how like truly respected and revered Harley Race was back then in the wrestling. I mean, now I've also heard some crazy stories about things that he would do. Like he fucking, I think he like fucking broke his leg in a boat accident and still wrestled the same day or some oh, shit. Like there's some wild fucking wives, wrestling wives tale. As the action here is spilled out to the arena floor with Cactus and Vader. It's pretty much been all over the place these last few uh, these last few minutes of the match. Here. Yeah, really good match. Yeah. I mean, Cactus yeah. and Vader have had, they have great chemistry. They had great chemistry back then. Um, and it's very unfortunate that out of everyone in this, oh, hell of a bump. Cactus used to like to take those Woo! bumps, those front face bumps. And this is, all right, so this is the moment here. I'm going to play the audio for this. This is the moment here where I was like, holy shit. Like, is, was that real? Was, was that real? Harley Race just removed the padding of the floor. Vader looks like he's going to do some damage. Here's the audio. We are at 1 hour, 14 minutes, and 11 seconds in counting.
2: He just
0: the mask. If he power bombs you here, gently, you'll kill him. Oh. oh, my God. It's so, so good. All right, initial reaction. That's a gnarly bump. All right, now we're back from break later. We got EMTs, we got cops, they got wrestlers out. Let's play the audio for this.
2: I don't know what to say about what we have seen in this match over the last couple of weeks with Cactus Jack, but we all knew that the man was was certainly a, and is a different type of athlete, high-risk maneuvers.
3: He may have taken his final risk by going into the ring with Big Ben later. Well, it's kind of ironic, Tony, but... You know, you interviewed him before the match tonight, and he said one way or another that this would be the last, there'd be no rematch. Well, he's quite a prognosticator, I guess you'd say, because I don't think there's going to be a rematch.
1: Let's just say hypothetically. There
3: may not ever be a match again for Jack. We're
2: trying to listen in and look in Obviously, they're taking a, a tremendous amount of time and going to great pains to make sure that his neck and head, this is the vision of that powerbomb, Jesse. You know, this is really, and I've been doing this here on TBS since 1985. I've, I've never witnessed anything like this ever. And even though Cactus Jack is wild, maniacal, you don't want to see this happen to
3: anybody in this sport. Well, race pulled away the pads outside the ring and... Vader the world champ, power bomb cactus on the cement. Well come on now, this
2: is wrestling. We're crying out loud. There's no need to do anything like this at all. Vader and Grace have gone from the ring. The signature here from Metro Ambulance Service. See the black shirt is the trainer that that Turner Broadcasting has assigned to help the athletes with their injuries. So there's nothing much he can do right now.
3: They're going to lift him up. They're, they're going to move
2: him, Tony. Totally. We'll my hand. All right, let's let's see if we can clear away some of these guys here. Vance, I'm sorry in the program. This
0: one. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, Kind of got the gist of it, but... So, harken back to 10-year-old Dave Rosenbluth here for just a moment. Um, I was... I, watching this, I was floored. I This was the first time where I was like, I didn't know what to make of it. I thought something bad had happened. I thought that... I, I didn't think that this was what was intended to be as a kid. And you go back, you look like they have real EMTs. They have cops out there. Like I thought this was a legitimate... Injury that he had suffered Not saying that he didn't get hurt But I thought that I thought this wasn't supposed to happen As, a, as 10 years old I was like Wait a minute And the, the look at look They show these shots Of the people in the audience Just how distraught they are The other wrestlers Surrounding them They have real EMTs And real cops out there Like Nowadays They'll, they'll hire a couple of indie guys Local yeah. <laughs> Put them in EMT uniforms And they just slap the guy In the stretcher There was no care to the, I mean, it's. I don't know. What do you make of this, Dennis?
1: Yeah, the that, that, uh, the way the the way Cactus sold it, yeah, it's just so good, so good. I just want to bring up one one point, one last uh, and uh, holy shit, I'm speechless moment. Yeah, talking about stretchers, totally hit with big show baseball fan, <laughs> Mysterio. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. That was
0: less speechless. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, he, he swung... He swung for go. the fences with that one. Bro, that he, was he, good.
1: He, he did a face frog. I, I, Ray had to be eating on a straw for a week after that.
0: That was... Yeah, he was tied to the stretcher, and he swung him like that. He just let him go. And face let him burn, go. And Bro. he was tied to yeah. the stretcher. To the board. Yeah, you're right, dude. That was... That was a wild one, um we see so Jesse Ventura had left commentary we're watching here uh to go help put him in the ambulance they got no. you know he's in the ambulance like this was they every they they set this was so well produced that at ten years old I had my my I was questioning I, this whether this was I supposed totally to be the story or this was the real fucking thing right there
1: was settling like, um, as
0: this watch along ends here on peacock um. Yeah, that, that
1: were well, these live or taped?
0: So, some of them were live, and then they would tape like okay. they, they would tape the other ones. So I mean, I think they they used to go live sometimes. Um, a lot of times with some of these Saturday nights, the the um, they would get preempted with like Braves, especially in the summertime with like Braves baseball. Braves was Bra- Braves baseball was a big thing. Yeah. Um, still is. Uh, go Mets. But anyways, um, yeah, this was a lot of fun, Dennis. I appreciate you. Uh, Taking the time for this one to uh, to go back and watch this with me, we got a good episode coming up next week. We're gonna do our very own version of a draft, but here's what we're gonna do with this draft. Okay, so the WWE's got this upcoming draft. Okay, they're coming up. They're gonna do it in two nights: one night on SmackDown, one night on Raw. Okay.